All right. Good morning. Hey, before you sit down, real quick, before you just... Just before you sit down. Hey, look around you real quick. You've been here for a while. Look, find a really good looking person. Find the best looking person you can. All right. When you, when you find them, when you find them, look right at them. Look right at them. I want you to tell them this. Tell them, tell them the rest of your life. All right. Oh, we, we can do better than that. Um, look at your second choice. Look over your second no, don't do that. All right, point to yourself. Let's start there. Let's just point to ourselves. There you go. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now, I want you to say it one more time like you believe. I'm going to get you to say this a couple times because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. How many believe your life could be really awesome? All right, how many are just hoping it's halfway decent? How many just, if you really believe it could be great... I want you to say it like you believe it. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. All right, you can be seated. I, I, I'm one of those people that just believes the Bible. How many believe the Bible? How many believe the Bible? All right, good. That's about, about half of you. Wouldn't, you. wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? Like, wouldn't that be horrible? You ever thought about that? Like, what if God didn't really write all this stuff? Anybody ever wondered that? You won't go to hell or anything. Let me see your hand if you've ever won. Okay. I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. My great-grandfather's a preacher. I've been in church my whole life, and I've went, did God really write all this stuff? There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. So I started thinking one day, if God didn't write it, you know, who did? Someone had to have done it. I started thinking of people I knew. You ever thought about that? Like maybe Michael Tony wrote it. I don't know. He, don't, he doesn't do a whole lot. Then I found there's that, that scripture, if you don't work, you don't eat. And I'm like, no, my Uncle Tony didn't write it. Um, I mean, if you just start thinking of people you know, you can narrow it down. I knew my son didn't write it. Spare the rods, spoil the child. He didn't write it. Didn't it. Maybe my wife, maybe my wife wrote it. Submit to your, nope, she didn't write it. Uh, how many, be honest, how many of you that wrote the Bible, how many can think of like three things you would not have put in there? Right? There'd be like eight commandments. At the 11th commandment, thou shalt not get caught. I don't know. Here, here's the thing. Here's what I do know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. And he said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly, that you could enjoy life. First Timothy says we're not only to enjoy the life that is to come, but we're to enjoy the life that now is. That we could enjoy ourselves while we're here. Now, I grew up in church, and the kind of church I grew up in, we didn't know you could enjoy life while you were here. We thought you just fought the devil while you were here. And uh, one day you got to heaven, and you could enjoy life. Because the church I went to, like, everything was a sin. Uh, anybody ever go to anybody ever go to church like that? A few people. Like, we couldn't do anything. Movies. The movies was a sin. Bowling was a sin. Uh, playing video games was a sin. I mean, if me and my brother wanted to play, we just played church. That's what we'd play. I, we've been saved a lot. I'd preach. He'd get saved. I, he'd preach. I'd get saved. So we've been saved about 173 times, and and uh, we'd baptize each other until my dad caught us and, and he would whip us. We didn't get time out. I'm from Mississippi. We didn't get time out in Mississippi. The only time out we had is when dad took time out to whip us. That was it. And, uh, and my dad was very patriotic. I mean, my, my whole life, he laid stripes. We saw stars. It was just, uh, just how it was around our house. And, and uh, But I found that I could enjoy 
life. And so I want to talk to you about that just for a, a few minutes this morning. Let me just say what an honor it is uh, to be with you at North Central. And uh, man, I'm just so grateful for your president and for, for his, uh, man, his teaching and his passion. Well, how, many are, how many are thankful to have a president like this? And I love... I love someone that can, can see a future, can see a future, can see a bright future, that, that there's great things ahead. I, I like that. The rest of our life really can't be the best of our life. I don't, know, I don't like a lot of negative people. I mean, I've, I had to work at it myself. How many have to work at being positive, if you're honest? Yeah, I was, my, I was, I was born a pessimist. Even, even my blood type is be negative, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so... It's a choice, you know, it's a choice to be, be positive. And so I got to work at it every day. It reminds me of these twins that were born, identical twins. I mean, you couldn't tell these kids apart. I mean, identical in the way they look. Now, everything else about them was completely different. I mean, if one was hot, the other one was cold. If the TV is too loud, the other one thought it was too quiet. One was an optimist and one was a pessimist. And uh, the, their birthday came up and the dad thought, I'm going to try a little experiment with these kids. They're so different. I'm going to see how they respond. So on their birthday morning, the dad went in the pessimist room and he filled his room up with all kinds of gifts and toys and games and all kinds of fun stuff. He went down the hallway to the optimist room and in his room, he put just a big pile of horse manure. He said, I'll see how they respond when they wake up. So the pessimist woke up and he saw all the gifts and toys and games and he, he started crying. The dad said, what's wrong? He said, dad, this is horrible. Look at all this stuff. My friends are going to be so jealous. He said, plus half this stuff needs batteries. The other half has instructions. It's miserable. It's all going to break eventually. I can't believe you got it. This is horrible. Dad couldn't believe it. He said, I got to see this. He went down the hallway to the optimist room to see how he responded. As he got a little closer to his room, he heard laughing and jumping, and he swung the door open, manure everywhere. (laughs) He said, what in the world are you so excited about? He said, Dad, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. You know, <laughs> a lot of times it's just all in how you look at things. And so uh, I choose, I try to look at things. And I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. We know that. John 16, tells us, in the world you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. Awesome. Just wanted to encourage you a little bit. <laughs> You're going to go through, how many, have ever, how many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Let me see your hand if you've ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence. Okay. What'd you do in the airplane that hit turbulence? Prayed. Someone said freaked out. Uh, cried. Buckled up. Let me ask you this. Did anybody get off the plane? Like right then. You're like, I'm out. I can't handle it. No. How many have ever hit turbulence in life? Things got a little bumpy in your life and relationship, whatever, maybe. What do you do? Same thing. You just hold on. You buckle up. You, you can't quit. You can't say, I'm out too tough. I gotta, I've got to go. I was on a flight the other day with a lady, and she'd never flown before. We talked for a few minutes. She's like, I've never flown before. I'm like, don't worry. I'm on the plane. Plane took off about five minutes in. I fall asleep pretty quick. I fell asleep on the, on the plane. And about 20 minutes in, we hit some turbulence. It started getting a little bumpy. All of a sudden, she started hitting me. She goes, hey, hey, wake up. I'm like, huh, huh, yeah. She goes, do something. I was like, what, know, what do you want me to do? She goes, aren't you like a preacher? Well, I was like, I'm kind of like a preacher. I'm not like a pilot, you know. <laughs> she goes, I don't know. She, goes, she, goes, she said, just do something religious. <laughs> so I got up and took an offering. I thought, that, I thought that'd be a good thing. Uh, 
in the world you will have some trials, but, but be, of, be of good cheer, it says. He said, I've already overcome the world. I've, I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's pretty good news right there. I, listen, about 50% of what we do is in the corporate arena. Another 50% is in the church. I speak at churches on Sunday. And a lot of what we do is in the marketplace. We really work with Christian business leaders in helping them understand that if they're called to be a business leader, they're just as anointed and called as a preacher. It's just a different calling. Whether you're called to be a, a mechanic or a lawyer or, or a pastor or a youth pastor, whatever you're called to do, uh, you're anointed for that. And there's a gift on your life to be great at it. And we've had the opportunity to work with some of the greatest uh, business leaders and helping them understand their purpose and, and, uh, and, and their, the purpose of their success. Because I, I think God wants you to succeed in whatever you do. He said, if you'll commit your plans to me, that he would cause them to succeed. He said in Joshua 1.8, if you meditate on his word day and night, do what it says, he'll make your way prosperous and you'll deal wisely. And he said, you'll have good success. And good success is God's success. And I think God wants us to be a success in everything that we do and anything that we do, because the greater our success, the greater our influence a lot of time. And our purpose in life is to influence others uh, for the kingdom, to influence others for Jesus. And, uh, and so when you walk in a room and there's a bunch of, of people in there, a lot of times we're drawn to the one that's the most successful, the one that has the most influence. And so when you understand the purpose of your success or the purpose of your influence to lead others to Christ, that, the more successful you'll want to be. We were doing some work with the uh, uh, vice president of Motown Records, and uh, he's from a small town. From a, uh, grew up in a, in a small church, actually in a in a bigger town, Cleveland, Ohio. And his journey along the way that got him all the way to where he is now. And he was just telling me about the ability he's had to influence some of the greatest names. I mean, if I if I I'd start naming the names, you'd be amazed at the people he's been able to influence with the gospel because of his success. So where he's reaching, and I'm not going to drop a lot of names. I'm not a name dropper. But, uh, I mean, if anything, I've, I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that, um, <laughs> is that you shouldn't drop names. But, but here's, here's the thing. If you begin to understand the purpose of your success, a lot of times we think if you're called the ministry, you're a pastor, or you're a missionary, or you're a, uh, on a staff somewhere. But all Christians are called to full-time ministry. It's just where we minister that's different. It's what we do that's different. And so I, I got into personal growth and, and development, and I just began to understand this because one of my goals, I used to speak on a, a, for a group that their goal was to help 10,000 people become millionaires. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a millionaire? I mean, but, but uh, my goal, God, God began to speak to my heart. And he said, I want you to help 1,000 people become kingdom millionaires. A kingdom millionaire is a little different. It's someone who, who not desires to make a million, but desires to give a million. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing one day, the church you're a part of, the church that you're uh, going to is building a building, and, and you'd like to be, hey, pastor, you know, put me down for 100,000 of that bill. How many like to be able to do something like that? It's not a pledge right now or anything. I'm just asking. Like, <laughs> so all, I'm not giving anything. I, I don't know about you. I like giving. How many like giving? What's your hand? I like giving. I like generous people. I like to be around generous people. I mean, I think most of us probably like giving because it's just kind of the way God created us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He was a giver. He created us in his image. So giving's kind of part of who we are. So I'm always looking for ways to give. A lot of people, when you look for ways, when you're that kind of person, you have that Romans 12 gift, the gift of giving. That's kind of a gift. The other day, my son and I, uh, I wish I had a picture to show you. I'm, I'm married, by the way. I got uh, uh, one wife, and, um, 
and one son, one wife and one son. My son's uh, he's a legend. He's uh, he just turned 12. His name is Solomon, and he's our he's our miracle. How many know God still does miracles? Yeah, he, he's our he's our miracle. He just turned uh 12. We tried nine years. We were believing God for nine years before my wife finally got pregnant, and, and, uh, and here we are. We're going to have a baby. We found out he was in her fallopian tube, and they were going to have to go in and do surgery. That the promise we've been believing for. How many have ever asked God for something, and it took longer than a week? Yeah. I mean, I've been nine years, nine years I've been praying for this. Finally here, my wife's pregnant. I'm so excited, and now they're telling us they're going to have to go in and remove the baby. And, uh, and so we just began to believe God and stand in faith, and, and uh, we knew what the, the Word of God said. Make a long story short, uh, they went in to do the surgery, and when they did, they discovered that the baby was in her womb exactly where he was supposed to be. They said, someone must have made a mistake. I said, no, I think God just did a miracle. And uh, I, think he still, I think he still does those, so I'm still looking for him. Uh, but, but I have found this. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are just waiting for a miracle. And if you'd have got some wisdom, you wouldn't need so many miracles. Uh, how, how many have ever made this statement? Man, if I knew back then what I know now. Anybody ever made that statement? Let me see your hand. I want to see how many people have made that. That's what I'm talking about. If you'd have known back then what you know now, you'd have never made the decisions you made back then that got you in the place you are now where now you need a miracle. And, and here's the thing. There's wisdom for every area of your life. You just got to get it. So here's my son. He's a, he's a miracle. Now he went on nine, nine months. My wife carried him nine months, and, and he's here. He came out perfectly healthy. He, he was born C-section. But other than that, I mean, he was, you can't even tell from when you look at him either. Uh, he, he looks to, only way you can really tell is when he leaves the house, he goes through a window. But other, other than that, he's totally fine. He's totally fine. But... Um, so, so I, I begin to, to, to get hungry for understanding wisdom and principles. Now, here's one thing I have learned. There's a big difference between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus prepares you for heaven. The principles of Jesus prepare you for earth. The, the, the person of Jesus creates your peace. The principles of Jesus create your prosperity. Now, I find this all the time. There are ungodly people who will use godly principles to achieve ungodly results. While the church, and she knows that's the truth, and I do too. And, and, here's what I, and, and here's what I found. We got Christians that don't understand the principles or don't know the principles and wonder why we struggle or why we, why we barely make it. And so there's all these principles, the principle of generosity. I was going to tell you the story. My son and I were in Taco Bell the other day. And uh, I got a witness on there. Hey. Uh, and so we were, in, we were in Taco Bell the other day. And, and there was a lady next to us, her and her little boy. And they were planning a birthday party. And so we overheard the conversation. And he had a list of 12 friends he wanted to bring to his birthday party. And his mom said, you can only bring 10 friends to your birthday party. He said, but I got, I got 12 friends. She said, I can't afford enough pizza for 12 friends. I can only afford enough pizza for 10 friends because there's this many pizzas I can afford, and there's this many slices per pizza that's this many friends. And he's like 10 years old. He don't understand the pizza equation, right? He's like, I don't, I don't. He wants all of his friends. And the mom, now she's getting upset because as a mom, you know she wants him to be able to have all of his friends. She just can't afford the pizza. It was a money issue is the whole problem right there. And I overheard the whole thing and they're getting upset with each other. And I'm sitting right next to him. I'm thinking I'm a Christ follower. I'm a believer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. I want to I help. And, and I thought, what would a good Christian do if they heard about someone in need like this? And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pray for them. 
Isn't that what a Christian would do? We'll be praying for you. Hope it works out. <laughs> you know, I, I've noticed how many times we pray about situations that God's already given us the ability to solve. I don't need to pray for, Lord, multiply her pizza like the loaves and the fishes, that there be enough. You know, I, I could have prayed that. I could have prayed, that. Lord, let one of his friends move. Um, we'd be done. Could have offered a little wisdom, you know, maybe cut those slices smaller. You get more. Then I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. And here, here's what I learned a long time ago. When God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. It's not about you. Your success isn't about you. Your, your, your blessing, it's not about you. And so I just walked over to the table, took the $100 bill out. I said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't, wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I, I, was, I was just listening to it. Um, I heard about the party. Look, here's $100. Invite those other two friends, and you guys have a, have a blessed day. And I just turned around and, and walked out because it wasn't about me, right? It wasn't like, hey, here's $100, and here's my, here's my card. Check out my podcast. Um, and then follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it wasn't, about, by the way, you should totally follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Tell you, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun at Dr. Dave Martin. And so I just, I just, I just walked out. She's probably, she, I'm sure she got home, told her friends, you're not going to believe this. I was, I was sitting in a Taco Bell and this big bald angel showed up <laughs> and he had a hundred dollars. We're blessed to be a blessing, when you understand that. And that's what got me into all this understanding and, and, and looking at success and, and where it was in the Bible and, and what it means. And, and I heard a story about a guy uh, by the name of Sir Edmund Hillary. You ever heard of Sir Edmund Hillary? Sir Edmund Hillary is the first man to ever climb Mount Everest, to, to summit Mount Everest, not to climb it, but to get to the top of it. And I, and I always thought that that first time, I, I just knew he was the first one to get up there. I figured he got up one morning, went out there, climbed up to the top. He did it. No one else could do it. As I began to study it a little bit further, I found that he didn't make it the first time. He didn't even make it the second time. He tried two or three times before he finally made it to the top. But he did something that was very scriptural. And again, every great success principle, you can find them all right in the Bible. He went out and he talked to the mountain. Anybody ever seen that in the Bible? Speaking to your mountain? Talks about that a little bit. And he went out and he spoke to the mountain. Here's what he did. He looked at the mountain, Mount Everest. He said, I will come again and conquer you. Because as a mountain, you cannot grow. But as a human, I can. We have the ability, well, the Bible talks all about that, 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 the, the wisdom of God. That really began to spark my journey for personal growth and development. And the book that, that uh, uh, President Hagen mentioned, Another Shot. I wrote that book. Uh, we, we have the opportunity, we work with a lot of different NBA teams and players. And, and there's a guy by the name of Kobe Bryant. Uh, he's retired now. But uh, uh, Kobe, back in 2014, set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. The most missed shots. Now, now, here's what's amazing. Seven days after he set the record for the most missed shots, he passed up Michael Jordan for the most points scored. So the same guy who has the most missed shots now passes up the greatest player of all time for the most points scored. They said, how did you do it? He said, oh, it was real simple. I just took another shot. He said this. He said, you can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. We're all going to make some mistakes. Anybody in here ever made a mistake? Yeah, most. Uh, uh, yeah, the person who's never made a mistake probably never made anything. 
Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone has setbacks. It, whether it's a business you started, whether it's a class that didn't go well the first time or whatever it, it may be. I, I had a lady on the elevator. I got here to town. The, I got on the elevator. This lady got on the elevator with me. She goes, you look like my third husband. It's <laughs> like, dang, you know, I was like, man, she had another shot. Um, I was like, how many times have you been married? <laughs> she said twice. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, I just uh, feeling feeling pretty good about myself. But uh, so three things, three things. I want you to write down these three things. If you forget everything else, I say just remember these three things because I, I want to put you on a path of personal growth and development. I mean, that's why you're, you're in school. You come to school to learn. But beyond that, growing and, and, and stretching your thinking and your mindset and all those things are, are powerful things. I grew up in a real small town in, in Mississippi. It took me a long time to stretch my, my thinking, my mindset, to really believe what, believe what the Bible says. With God, all things are possible. I mean, you either believe that or, or you don't. So here's a couple of things. Number one, uh, growth is not automatic. Growth is not automatic. It, it's your responsibility. You, you, you're only young once. You can be immature indefinitely. So it's a choice to learn. It's a choice to grow. When you were a kid, it was your parents' responsibility. But now you're grown up, and it's your responsibility to grow and to, to develop. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've got to learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. If you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't have a longer, uh, you won't have it tomorrow. You just have a longer today. How many, how many want this year to be better for you than last year was? You, you should. Every one of us should want everything to grow and increase. I mean, that's, that's a God thing. And so I want to learn something every day. I learned the other day, you know, if your airbag deploys on your car, it costs $500 to put it back. I, did, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until the other day because I was looking at the car and they were explaining to me that the passenger side, if no one's with you and it deploys, you still pay 500 bucks. So they were telling me that the passenger side could turn off, Right. Then I started thinking about the people who were riding with me. That's 500 bucks. You know, you got to decide, like, are they worth it? You know, I don't know. It just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I had a little accident the other day. I called home. I said, honey, don't worry, I'm fine. My airbag deployed. You know, I'm sorry about your mom. Um, uh, uh, but just choices. But, but here's, here's the thing. That was a joke, too. I love my mother-in-law. She's, she's awesome. A couple of Christmases ago, I got her a cemetery plot for Christmas, and um, I didn't get her anything last year. She was all mad at me. You didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I got. I got you last year. So, so anyway, you want to learn something new every day. That. I, learn, I like to, we do a lot of book signings, and I'm always learning new ways to, to sign names. I mean, people got all kind of ways to spell names. There was a new girl at Starbucks the other day that I was just messing with her because she had her, had her little badge on, you know, trainee. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> Your mom named you trainee. <laughs> you know? And she looked at me. She said, it's Trinay. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. So all I'm saying is there's always, there's always something to learn, but it's, it's your responsibility. And if, if, if you, you know, I, a lot of people don't talk, like to talk about responsibility because we'd rather blame other people for our problems. Yeah. It, how many know anybody always has excuses? 
So don't point at them. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's always someone else's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's, my go- it's the government's fault. It's my boss's fault. I could always blame someone else, or I could take responsibility. And if you don't make personal growth your responsibility, it's never going to happen. The road to anything worthwhile is always uphill, so the sooner you get started, the sooner you'll get to reaching your God-given potential. Uh, the reason first-grade desks are so small is because you're not supposed to be sitting in them when you're 22, right? You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to, to grow and, and, and develop and be teachable. I love what John Wooden, the great basketball coach, he said, what counts most is what you learn after you know it all. A lot of times we think we know so much, and, and I, I, I've made it my life journey to keep growing. I walked in the other day, my grandfather, he's 95 years old. He's still preaching. He just preached last week, 95 years old. And uh, uh, he, he actually was in the pre, he pre-ordered the Bible. I mean, he's been there. He's been around a while. Like I saw, it was signed inside, like Moses, like great crossing the sea with you. Uh, anyway, um, but he was reading a book. I said, what you reading? It was a self-help book. And I said, well, I said what is that? He said, I, I said, Grandpa, you're like 95. He said, well, I'm not dead yet. I love that. You, you, I mean, God has great things no matter what age you are. I mean, whether, you, whether you're older or whether you're younger, one, uh, God's got amazing things in, in store for you. Oh, my goodness, I'm almost out of time. Let me wrap this up. In the words of Kim Kardashian to her first husband, I won't keep you long. Okay, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up for you right now. So um, remember these other two things, other, other two things. Growth today brings success tomorrow. What you learn today uh, uh, increases your tomorrow. What you sow today determines what you reap tomorrow. We could talk a lot about that. What happens after a team wins a Super Bowl? Um, oh, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm a New Orleans fan. I had to get back a little bit at you there because y'all took us out. But anyway, okay, listen. You get back, you go to Disney World, but then you get back in the game. You get back into practice. You keep growing, you keep learning, and you keep preparing. Never stay satisfied with your current accomplishments. You got to keep growing. The Bible, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, said a wise person will increase in learning. The Bible says if you're smart, you'll get smarter. You'll keep learning. You'll keep growing. Proverbs 2 says that the Lord will grant you a spirit of wisdom. Proverbs 3 says wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than, than Bitcoin. It's, it's uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 4 says, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom. Whatever you do, get it. Keep learning. It says wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will promote you. And you can go all throughout the book of Proverbs. This is my favorite book in the Bible. Telling you all the values of wisdom. Don't just come here and learn what you need to out of your book. But keep growing. Keep developing your spiritual life, your, your mental life, all those areas of your life. Keep uh, your, your physical life, whatever it may be. That's one of the things I got to do. My doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. My wife said, honey, don't worry. You've got the body of a god. <laughs> like, thanks, babe. She said, yeah, Buddha. <laughs> Buddha was who she said. wasn't nice at all. But you got to, every area of your life, you got to keep growing. You got to keep developing. How many want to be everything that God wants you to be? 
Can I just pray for you real quick? I know we've all got dreams and goals. How many got some things you want to accomplish in your life? Some things you want to do? I know God's got great plans for each one of you, whether it's to be great in the, in the business community, in, the, in, the, in, the, in that sector, whether it's to be a great pastor, a great leader, a worship leader, whatever it may be. Uh, God has great plans, and God wants you to touch a lot of lives and, and, and see a lot of, of, of change happen. And, and it starts with you. It starts with you being everything that God created you to be. Father, I thank you uh, for a room full of people that desire to grow and desire to be what you created them to be. Lord, you have great things, great plans. Lord, let our expectation rise to higher levels. Lord, help us to believe bigger, pray bigger, expect bigger. Lord, to believe that we serve in Ephesians 3.20, God, that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond anything we could ever even think or imagine. Don't let us just pick certain verses we like. Let us believe them all, that you have great plans and great things in store for our future, anything that we would dare ask or think. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that. Anything you would dare ask or think. I'm going to dare you to, everybody been dared to do something? Anybody ever been dared to do something? Anybody ever been double dog dared? Hey, I, that's what we do down south. We would double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to be everything that God created you to be, to go out there and achieve more than anyone else thought was possible because God's got great things in store for you and your future. Amen. Thanks. God bless you guys. <laughs>